Well, what's up, church? How we doing, everybody? We good? We good? Are we excited for church? Are we excited to be here? Man, I'm so excited to have you here. And I want to take a minute. I want to welcome everybody who's watching right now online. And, of course, everybody who's over at that South Side, South Campus. South Campus, we see you and we love you. We love you there. We love you here. We love you everywhere. And the best way I can show you that is by clapping for you. So come on. Will you clap for that person sitting next to you a little bit? Welcome them. Glad that you're here. All right, hey, before we jump in to our very exciting uh, talk today, I want to take a minute and I want to just celebrate. I know we did this during announcements, but man, last week one was amazing. We had 22 people make decisions to follow Jesus. Come on, somebody. Can we thank the Lord for that? Oh, man, it's so, so fun. I love having a church that is committed to being the hands and feet of Jesus and reaching people who are far from God. That's why we exist. Can I get an amen? That's why we're here. That's what we're about. That's what we're doing. And God is helping us do it. And let me just say this. If you were one of the people who made a decision to follow Christ last week, we're so excited for you. And uh, the best truly is yet to come for you. God's got something amazing. And we want to help you experience all of that. So uh, we've got great opportunities for you to connect and follow Jesus. And so one of those is baptism coming up in a few weeks. Make sure you just sign up to be a part of that. It's powerful. It's transformational. Jesus said do it, so you should do it. And uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing moment. And some of you are like, man, I was baptized when I was a kid. So I, that was my story as well. I was baptized as an infant. Meant a lot to my parents at the time, but how many know I don't remember any of it, okay? So it wasn't very meaningful to me. And baptism in the Bible is something that follows salvation. So I want to encourage you, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus recently and have not been baptized, it is your time, all right? Everybody say, your time. <laughs> it is your time, all right? It's your time, and we are glad to help you take that next step. So uh, that's coming up October 3rd. All right, well, today we are kicking off the Forward Campaign. And let me just say this, I'm so glad that you're here because this is one of the, if not the most significant moments of our church thus far. It's, it's right here. It's this moment. Because we are taking a step forward in becoming permanent homeowners, okay, basically. We're going to have our own church that we own for the first time in the history of Summit Park Church. That's pretty amazing. And this whole story has been has been really, really fun to watch. It's been amazing to see the miracles that God has done to bring all of this about. So I thought as we kick off this campaign, I thought we'd just take a few moments to, uh, to go down memory lane. Can we just take a little trip down memory lane, everybody? Just going to take a little trip down memory lane. And I want to tell you the backstory that has gotten us to this place as we get ready to take a step forward. But uh, eight years ago this weekend, we started Summit Park Church. Eight years ago. Isn't that cool? Eight years ago. There's four people who are excited about that. There's four people. It's so cool. Uh, it's going to be a long service. Um, no, we, we, we started eight years ago, and I love the fall because the fall reminds me of when we started. So every time it's like the weather starts to get cool, I, I'm, re I'm reminded of setting up and tearing down and, and setting up and tearing down. And I'm just reminded of all the feels, right? All of the feels that we had as we got, as we, as we got ready to launch this church, as we launched this church in a community center. 
So Harris Park Community Center, just raise your hand at both locations if you know where Harris Park Community Center is. Some of you do. Okay, it's 291 and 50 Highway right next to Summit Waves Water Park. Anybody know where Summit Waves is? Okay, my daughter knows because every time we drive by, she's like, Dad, water. Like she just wants to experience it. So anyways, it's 291 South and 50 Highway. We started in Harris Park Community Center. And it's, it's a big gym with three, like, basketball courts and two classrooms. And, and I remember we are getting ready to start there, and pastors would, I would tell them people where we're going to start, like, oh, you're having your launch team meetings there, and, you know, that's cool, but you're not going to meet there, are you? And I was like, no, why? I mean, yeah, I mean, and they're like, oh, well, you can't meet there. Like, you'll never start a church there. Like, you can't have church there. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, of course, I would never try to meet there. We were there for two years. Two years. And, and the reason, I understand where they were coming from because they're like, hey, it's a gym and two classrooms. And there's no doors on the bathrooms. Like, this is not like a great visitor experience. You know, it's like when you're checking your kids in, it's like you have the... The big kids and the older kids. We kind of, that's all, we, that's all the, we distinguish them by. It was like, you know, if you're too tall for this classroom, you go to this classroom. That was it. And we just packed them in. And we didn't let the parents back there. <laughs> this is a story I'm disclosing right now. Like, we just like, oh, we'll take them. Don't look back here because there's like 60 kids, you know. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. It was insane. Um, but God helped us because God wanted us to start that church, it was, it was nuts. I remember, this is so true. This is like straight up honest. Like we, the, the auditorium was pipe and drape, okay? So like we were in a gym and there was pipe and drape and we had a stage. And so there was nothing that separated anything from anything really. So like it was just pipe and drape between the, the auditorium and the bathrooms. And so every time someone went to the bathrooms, especially during the sermon because it's quiet, you can hear everything that's happening in the bathroom because there's no doors. So you can hear like when the toilet flushes, you can hear like when the wa like someone washes their hands. So I'm having a little conversation with God every time I'm preaching and I see someone go to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, please help them not get sick. Oh Jesus. Because you know how sometimes like when someone else gets sick, like when someone else throws up, like it kind of makes you want to throw up. Like have you ever, like you're like, you see someone, I'm not going to enact it because that would be like inappropriate, but like, have you ever been there when you, it almost makes you want to do that? And so I was like, man, I do not want like a mass throw up on my, on my hands like during the sermon. So I'm just praying and literally this happened one time. We're, uh, worship team's playing and we're having like, they're singing a song, whatever it was. And, and the pipe and drape on the whole left side of the auditorium just fell down. And it was one of those things like one fell down and the other fell down and the other fell down all while like we're checking people in. We're like, hey, <laughs> that doesn't normally happen, but you can sit over here. You know, like the worship team's just watching it. It was nuts. The whole experience was crazy. And the reason I tell you that is because there are so many reasons that this church shouldn't have worked. But it did. And it's because God loves people. And God wants to connect people back to himself. And one of the things that when we moved here, and again, we tell the story at the welcome party. So if you've been to the welcome party, you know. If you haven't, come and tonight we'll tell you. Because we, we, we were not out to be church planners or lead pastors. We just wanted to help people. And we were open to what God had for us. And he said, I want you to start a church in Lee Summit. It was so clear. It was undeniably clear. I want you to start a church in Lee Summit. So we started 
and we, we started looking at the demographics. Like one of the things you learn in church planning schools, you learn to study the demographics of your area. And so we've, we found out that 75% of Kansas City isn't in a Jesus-centered church. Everybody say, wow. Now, that, now that's, that's a crazy number when you think about it. You think about like maybe Seattle. You think like that makes sense, like all those heathens out there. But you don't think about Kansas City. Right? I mean, you don't think about Kansas City like this is buckle the Bible bell, right? Nope, wrong. 75% of people aren't in a Jesus-centered church. And so we started asking ourselves why. Like, why is that the case? We started talking to people. Like, what's your experience with church? And you know what we found? A lot of people have come to church and, and they feel disconnected from church because church made it all about do's and don'ts and, and you, you, you're right or you're wrong. Or if you do all like 69 different things at the same time, then maybe you can be good enough to be a part of our church. And they did nothing to show people the love and the mercy and the grace of God. So like there was a disconnect. It was all about religion. And then there was another thing. It was like it was way over their heads. People were like, man, I go to church, but... I don't understand it. You know, and some people really like that. You know, have you ever met somebody who's like, man, I went to church today. It was awesome, man. It was deep. You know, that's deep. <laughs> uh, pastor was talking. It was deep. It was deep today. Well, what do you talk about? have no idea. But it was good. <laughs> doesn't apply. Doesn't relate. Doesn't change them. And that's never been what, we're, what we've been about. What we wanted from the moment we started Some Apart Church was a place where people, no matter who they, were, who they were or where they were from, could come and experience the goodness of God and understand it, be changed by the word of God, and experience the power of God working in and through their lives because that's God's heart. That's the heart of God. And so we said, okay, let's help people find and follow Jesus. Let's help people experience what it means to experience real Jesus-centered community, to use their gifts and their passions to, to advance the kingdom of God. And so there was everything working against the church, but, man, God was working for it. And it was just amazing. The church flourished. Because when you lift Jesus Christ up, he will draw people to himself. And so we went there for two years, and then we moved into this campus, North Campus, and uh, we signed a six-year lease because that's all we could afford at the time. So you, you, the longer you go, the more, you know, you, the, the cheaper the rent is is how that works. So we moved in here, and we, and we just continued to add services and add services, and we're just showing up, and people were showing up, and people were being saved, and people were getting baptized, and we've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people find and follow Jesus over the last several years. We started... Uh, we, we, we ran out of space with three services on Sunday morning. We added Saturday night. Then we added South Campus. And what happened when we, we added South Campus, we're like, we don't know how to do multi-site, but we know multi-site's going to be a part of who we are and what we do. So we had, we had never done it. So we brought in a consultant, and the consultant uh, started talking to us about church merges, all right, merging with another church. And, of course, like, that did not sound like a lot of fun for me, just to be honest with you, like taking another church's DNA and bring it together. And, but like I'd never been even remotely interested in that. But as he presented it, the Spirit of God spoke to me. Like it was clear, it was undeniable, and he said, this is what you're supposed to do. And I started getting excited about it. Because I was like, you know what? What could God do? What could God do? Maybe there's a church that, that could bless us, and maybe there's a church that could be blessed by us. And we started praying, and, and God laid Lee Summit First Church on my heart. 
And so I reached out to Pastor Roger and I said, hey, you know, it's four years ago coming up on, four years ago. And I said, hey, you know, I, I think like God's stirring my heart for this. And he's like, man, that sounds amazing. And so we started praying and we're just like, man, not the right time. And a year later came back and started praying about it. Like, man, that sounds amazing, but not the right time. And so we launched South Campus, continued to grow, continued to reach people. And we lined up the leases so they would both end at the same time this year because we knew we needed to take a step to be permanent owners of something this year. We didn't want to lease forever. Um, and so God was working things out behind the scenes. And last year, uh, Roger's wife, Lynn, was diagnosed with a terminal brain cancer. And I reached out and said, hey, man, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. And he's like, hey, I'd like to circle back and talk to you about what we've been talking about. I said, man, I don't even, I'm not even talking about that right now. I just want you to know we're praying for you. How can we help? And we try to help in some, some tangible ways where we could. And he's like, hey, I want to circle back. Lynn, Lynn's diagnosis continued to just get worse and worse. And Roger and I connected, said, hey, maybe, maybe God's bringing us out of COVID, out of the COVID craziness and out of the situation that he's in currently. And maybe God's bringing all this together so we can encourage each other and walk together. And so we started praying about it, started praying about it, got to the end of the year. And, and he's like, all right, I'm gonna talk to the board about it. And so what had gone very, very slow up to that point started happening fast. And, and he talked to the board, the board was excited about it. We met the board and the board, like things started moving forward and we announced it. And, and that week, unfortunately, Lynn passed away. It was the same week that we announced it. And no one could have foreseen that. No one uh, obviously uh, wanted that. But what we understand now is that God knew and that for years was crafting something, a relationship, building a relationship that would bring tremendous fruit and encouragement and comfort to both congregations. And, and then in March, they unanimously voted to merge with Summit Park Church, which has just been amazing. And, and I think I can speak for all of the Summit Park people when I say that having Lee Summit first a part of our church for the last several months has been one of the best things to ever happen for our church. And Pastor Roger, it's been a great compliment. And what it's honestly, it's been for me, I've never seen, I've never seen the fingerprints of God on something like this in such a demonstrable way. I've never seen it. Like it's just given me such encouragement to know that even before you go through something, God knows. He's got it all figured out. And if you'll seek him, you will find him. And he will do something in your life if you'll just give him a chance. And so we're experiencing that right now in a very, very real way. And so we, we, we had the vote. We started moving forward on, then we started, okay, what are we going to do with this space? And we, over the last several months, we've been drawing up the space. We've been working on the space. And you have your brochures there if you want to take those out. If you haven't looked at them yet, kind of gives you a little bit of a picture of what we see God leading us to in this forward campaign. We believe that God has given us this ground to, to build the next generation. If you want to reach at least summit in the surrounding areas, you've got to reach young families. And God has put a passion on our heart to reach young families. And for the first time in our history, we feel like we're actually going to have a facility that's going to help us do that. 
We feel like this facility has kind of been working against us in terms of reaching young families. Now we're, we're leaning in. We're going to build a facility that will actually help us reach young families. So you can see some of the things that, that we're planning on doing. Let me show you where uh, Lee Summit first building and now the new Summit Park location is. If some of you aren't familiar where it's at, it's 291 South and 50, right next to the auto auction. This is, the, uh, this is an aerial view. And uh, you can see North Campus and then South Campus. And then it's uh, our future home is, is right there next to the auto auction parking lot, which is about to be redone, uh, by the way. You can see the eight acres of property there right on 50 Highway, where 40,000 cars a day drive by. Pretty amazing. And so that's, that's going to be uh, where our new uh, campus is going to be. We're going to do this in two phases. So phase one. Uh, will be a renovation of the current space. And then phase two will be a new addition and then coming back and making the entire current space plus the 3,000 square foot kids addition, all kids, students, and young adults. We're very, very excited about it. Let me, let me give you uh, some video rendering, a little video rendering tour. This is hot off the press. Nobody's ever seen this. You're special. All right, let me show you. This is, this is what the uh, new campus is going to look like, everybody. So this is phase one and phase two. As you see um, on the left, that's the current building. We're going to add a little wall up there in front of the swoop, and then we're adding a 3,000-square-foot kid space right on the left there that will be in addition to it. As you're zooming in there, that's going to be the new atrium and the new auditorium. Okay, so that's phase two. Once we get phase one and we grow a little bit, and our finances increase and the attendance uh, grows, we'll start construction on phase two. And so that's, that's the exterior. Let's go ahead and jump on inside. This will be the lobby. So for those of you who attended Lee Summit first, you know like a lot of changes have happened here. We've raised the ceiling and we've opened up the side rooms, which were classes and offices, all to create an expanded lobby experience. Uh, one of the things that we've always wanted is just a place for people to connect. And so we've used the buildings that we've had to the best of our ability, our ability, but now we're designing a space where people can come, hang before, after, be encouraged, uh, pray with somebody, share scripture with somebody, just bring life to somebody, all right, before and after service, all right? And so that's the, uh, that's the lobby as you head clockwise around the facility you come to the kids area kids check in and so there's going to be computers and and people helping host and check in there'll also be a volunteer headquarters uh, between or behind one of those walls there as well as a nursing mom's room as you continue clockwise around the building you're going to see the expanded kids hallway all right so we've widened this hallway we're actually moving this structural wall into the auditorium to create more space for kids and moms and dads and strollers and diaper bags and every parent said amen so it's going to be nice and big and and wide there and then you go into the classroom fully uh refurnished classrooms um every surface is getting touched and we're putting floor to ceiling glass in there so lots of natural light and uh, you can see Landon and Jesse are already bringing it they're already turning people to Jesus come on somebody <laughs> all right um and so that's the kids classrooms this is the kids chapel all right and so this is brand new this will be a great space for us to use for kids on Sundays and then as well uh, for different applications throughout uh, the week. It's going to be a great space. We're very, very excited about that. 
All right, next, let's move on to the auditorium. Okay, so this is con converting the current auditorium into, uh, we've taken out some of the rooms that were at the back there, and it, and it should be able to seat 750 people, which is, which is enough to have both north and south campus at one service uh, per service. So, like, that would be really, really cool. So, we have about 400 seats here at north and about 300 seats at south. So, combining both of those would be great. It would be awesome. And that will be the auditorium. Across the street is the newly acquired ministry center, okay? So, that used to be uh, Unity Village offices. So we're taking those, and we're going to use this for junior high ministry on Sunday morning, okay? Great place for them to come, play games, hang out, and then we have some classrooms. We don't have the renderings done of those behind that wall. We'll have classrooms and different ministry opportunities happening on Sunday. Uh, as well, we're looking at putting a coffee shop at the back of that, and then on the uh, upper floors of the ministry center, we don't have renderings, but staff offices and a counseling center, okay? So those will be done in different phases, okay? Let's move on to... Phase two, all right, so this phase two is the lobby, and uh, this will be a, another just expanding uh, space for us to connect. There'll probably be a coffee shop that we'll put in, in there somewhere uh, because, you know, coffee and Jesus equals amazing. So, um, and then we'll go into the auditorium, which will be a 1,200-seat auditorium, lots of space for us to, to, to grow and continue to reach people who are far from God. As we do this, we can go to the outside shot if we can. Oh, Zach's already leading worship there. As we go to the outside shot, uh, you can see the whole campus working together to create a space for uh, families to find and follow Jesus. That whole phase one will be kids. Ministry center will be kids. We believe this is gonna be a place for the next generation to grow in their faith, to experience God, to have altar calls, worship times, meet girlfriends and boyfriends. Come on, somebody. You know those youth group relationships. And experience, experience the goodness of God, and we're very excited about that. That's our new building, everybody. Isn't it awesome? So we're excited about the building. We're working very, very hard uh, to make it a great space. You can be praying with us, if you would, on materials. Uh, just COVID has just totally changed the game on all of that. But we're working hard, and we hope to be in there uh, sometime around March is what they're telling us. And so uh, we're hoping that that will be the case. You can pray with us that God will help all of those details come together. So we're excited about a building, but let me just say this. We're walking all of this through. That's just a building. Um, we've proven that you don't need a building, really, at all to do church, and that you don't need a necessarily great building or buildings to do church. Church is so much more than a building, but a building, certainly a building you own, helps. And not only does it help to have your own space, um, but it, it, it helps when you stay connected to the mission, and the mission is to help people move forward in their relationship with God. That's what we're all about. That's what we've always been about as a church, and that's what church should be. A church should be a place where people move forward in the relationship with God. And I want to share with you just for a few moments a story from the Bible that will help kind of frame what I believe God is doing in this moment. And it's Esther, uh, it's the story of Esther. And you can find it in Esther chapter 4. And there's a classic line, and maybe you've heard this, even if you've never been to church before, you've probably heard this. But it's, it's this, and who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time is this. 
I'm going to read that again. So when I get to the last part, say it with me. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position. Come on, everybody. For such a time as this. One more time. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Now, that's the idea that I kind of want to drive home with all of us today. Maybe we've come to this opportunity for such a time as this. Now, let me give you a background on Esther and her story, okay? Story of Esther is, it starts with this guy named Xerxes. He's the king of Babylon, and he's not a very good dude. He's not a good dude at all. He, he leads not very well. And that gets evidenced by the fact that he throws a party, and he's really proud of his wife, which is great, but he wants her to do whatever he wants all the time. Not so great. In fact, he calls her out so he can show her off to all of his, like, people that he's hanging out with at the party. He's like, hey, Vashti, come on out. I want to show everybody how beautiful you are. And Vashti's like, no. All right, so, like, <laughs> yeah, husbands, wives, maybe you have that moment where she is just not having it. Like, she is not happy with you, and she's letting you know, okay? That's what's happening with King Xerxes. And he's like, he's like no, come on out. I want everybody to see you. She's like, no. He's like, all right, that's cool. You're gone. He literally gets rid of the queen. So not a great leader, not a great husband, okay? So don't base your marriage on Xerxes, okay? Some things from the Bible, we, we learn what not to do, okay? So that, that's King Xerxes. So he has this beauty pageant to become his next queen. And that's where Esther comes in because Esther wins the beauty pageant. She's beautiful and and they, 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 they help her. There's this whole group of people help her to win the beauty pageant. She wins, and she becomes the new queen. Long story short, you can read it uh, for homework this week if you want. But long story short, there, there comes this plot from a guy named Haman. Haman the hater, we'll call him. He hates the Jews, hates Mordecai, and he, who is Esther's uncle. And he wants to get rid of them. And so he, he comes up with this plot. Xerxes kind of signs off on it, probably not really fully understanding all that's happening. And basically all the Jews are going to get wiped away. And so Mordecai, Esther's uncle, comes to Esther and says, hey, can you do something about this? And she's like, well, I mean, I would and everything. I mean, I appreciate all you guys and thank you for getting me to this place. But, I mean, remember the king's crazy. Remember what happened to Vashti? So she's like, I don't think that's a good idea. And this is what he responds with. When Esther's words were reported in Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time. Is this, check out what he's saying. He's saying, listen, God is going to save his people because that's what God does. God is in the redemption business. Come on, you, how many know it's true? God is in the redemption business. He is wanting to save people. He is seeking and saving the lost. He's doing it all the time. He's done it from the very beginning when this whole thing went sideways in the Garden of Eden. He is working the great plan of redemption. He is bringing people home to him. He is taking care of his people. He is providing for his people. God and his kingdom will not be stopped. That was a great place for an amen, I thought. It will not be stopped. It will not be stopped. That's what Mordecai is saying. 
It will, the kingdom of God is moving forward. You can't stop it, but, but you can be a part of it. You can be a part of it. And who knows, but maybe you've been given what you have been given to be a part of it. Church, let me tell you this. I really believe this with all of my heart. This is our Esther moment. We have come to this opportunity for such a time as this. I believe that all that God's been doing over the last eight years, all that God's been doing with Lisa at first for the last 89 years has put us into this moment for such a time as this. I believe we are on the cusp of the greatest revival that Lee Summit has ever seen. I believe it with all of my heart. That's not just hyperbole. We can clap, we can clap. That's worth getting excited about. But I'm just telling you, I believe it. I believe when we move into this facility, we are gonna see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people come to Christ. I believe it. God has put it in my heart. I am praying for it. Please pray with me about it. I believe he's gonna use this. This is our moment. This is our time. We are gonna build. We're gonna build a, a place where people can be built up for generations to come. I believe it. I believe it. This is gonna be a lighthouse. This is gonna be a beachhead. This is gonna be a stake in the ground. This is gonna push back the enemy's kingdom in this area and beyond. And what's cool about it is that it's part of a much larger story. And I think that that's what's encouraging. And I want, I want to leave with you. I want, that, I, want to, I want that to just permeate your soul that, that what we're doing here, it's not about us, it's not about Scott and Jen. It's not about the leadership team. It's not about Summit Park Church. It's not about a merge. It's about God. It's about God bringing people back to himself. If there is a God and he is good and his son is Jesus Christ who died so that all of us could experience life, then we have got to do something about the 75% of people who are still disconnected from him. And that's what this is about. It is. And it's our chance, it's our opportunity. And it's been decades in the making. In fact, it's, at least some at first, 89 years old, this is a fun fact. It was started by two women. So girl power, there you go. Girl power. Pretty crazy. Cool, super cool. 89 years ago, two women decided to start a church. It became a four-square church. Then it became a Assemblies of God church. In 89 years, it's been a faithful representation of Christ to this community, merging with Summit Park, not ending their story, but taking their story, we believe, to another level. And that's what's happening. But I wanna show you what, I wanna show you how this land specifically, because I, I just wanna just communicate to you how great this is. This land specifically, what a cool story it is. Ed and Dormalee Collier attended Lee Summit First for, for years and years and years. And they, they were praying over that space. And let me just read the testimony that Dormalee wrote about the whole journey of how they acquired that land, at least some at first. But it says, Ed's dream was to see this building come to pass. In the beginning, there had been some small business buildings in the area, but as roads were being constructed, all these buildings had to go. The viaduct was being constructed over 50 Highway, and Oldham Parkway was being built. And this was Ed's way to his job at Pleasantly School. 
He was driving by this property each day and began to view it as a perfect area for our church to build and grow. I just love that. I just think it's so cool that someone in the church was just driving by and said, that'd be a great place for our church to have a church. And so they started praying about it. We both began to see the possibilities when he took me out to view the property. We began to pray and ask God to lead and guide us. We asked if it was his will that he give us the opportunity to approach the church board to consider the purchase of this piece of ground for our new church building. All this time, Ed was getting more excited about the opportunities of building and expanding with plenty of room to grow. We prayed for quite some time about it. At first, he didn't think his ideas would be accepted, but we held on to his ideas and kept praying. And finally, his dreams began to take place and become a reality. As we launch and grow, what a blessing we can be to our community. His vision and dream were to have a place for our children to come to. His desire was to meet the needs of the children. The children meant a lot to him. What's extra special about all of that is, is that they had such a heart for kids in spite of not being able to have kids themselves. And I didn't even know that testimony until we we're getting ready to have our dessert tours. And I was like, hey, don't we have a testimony of the people who prayed over this land? We're doing this whole thing with building the next generation. We're going to do this. We're going to make this whole building as a place for kids and students and moms and dads. And there's all kinds of stuff I wasn't even able to tell you and walk you through with the presentation. But it's going to be incredible. So we laid all of this out. And the guy who prayed over the ground, his passion was for kids. Do you see the fingerprints of God all over this? It's kind of it's nuts. It's almost like he's in control. It's almost like he knows what he's doing. And that's just with us. This is what he wants to do all across the world. This is what he wants to do in your life. This is the goodness of God. When we let him do what he wants to do, we start praying, we invite him in. This is more than a building project. This is about partnering with God to take back what the, what the devil has stolen, to advance the kingdom, to be a light, and to seize the opportunity that he has given us. That's been my heart this whole time, honestly, is God, help us take advantage of this. Help us make the most of our opportunity. Paul the apostle said, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We live in evil days, but we serve a good God who is not done yet. You know, one of the one of the cool things about what God's done is the unity building that, that's right next door to the new space is owned by a cult for 30 years. And they had their offices there and, and they put it up for sale. Just, it's only been up for sale once in 30 years. And the week we bought it, there was a cash offer on it, but we won. We won, yes. I like saying that. Um, but I think what's cool is it could have been an office building, but what it's going to be is going to be a place for people to, to, to get help in their marriages. 
There's going to be a place for people to get counsel on how to take next steps in their walk with God and, and to grow and, 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 and to be free from addictions and to be encouraged and prayed over. It's going to be a place for junior hires to experience God, for teams to be built. We are literally redeeming one foundation and we are building on another also that we can build the next generation. To me, it just sounds like the heart of God. It just sounds like God's so in this. He's just in it. And so that's what we have right now. Now I wanna walk you through some of the details. The cost on this, it's, it's, a, big, it's a big project. It's not a small project. Um, the phase one, it includes the full remodel of the current building, 3,000 square foot new kids space, exterior and first floor of the ministry center, the purchase of the ministry center, and then a parking overhaul. It's gonna be about $10 million, which is a ton of money. It's big money, but we serve a big God. Phase two is gonna be about nine million. That's the new auditorium, new lobby, and then renovating the, the current space also that would give us just an amazing campus for people to find and follow Jesus. It's, this, is, this would be so big. This would be way bigger than we could do. But here's what's cool. We have a gigantic head start, a gigantic head start, because we were blessed with about 25,000 square feet of space on eight acres of ground. Renovating that building instead of building from scratch is saving us about $4 million, which is absolutely amazing. And it's allowing us to secure financing for zero down. Come on, somebody. You know God is real. <laughs> Like, like seriously, like interacting with all this stuff, we were going to have to start from, we were looking at land, we have to start from scratch. It's unbelievable what, what God is doing and what God is going to do over the next several years at Summit Park. Now, here's what we're doing. We're starting a campaign today, okay? So you have a commitment card. If you wouldn't mind, take that out. We're starting a campaign today. If you went to the dessert tour and you already filled out a number, I'd love to invite you to partner with us. This is the official This is the official one. If you haven't been to a dessert tour, jump in with us right now if you would. But we're gonna start a two-year campaign over the next two years that will, that will go through the end of 2023. So it'll affect three tax years. So as for your tax planning purposes. And we're praying that God will help us raise $7 million. If we raise $7 million, that will unlock phase two. And in about two years, the attendance will grow and we'll be able to move back, uh, we'll be able to move forward with phase two and then convert all of phase one into kids, students, and young adults. Two-year campaign, I'd like to encourage you to make a pledge. Now, Jen and I are all in on this. We are giving big, we are giving bold. Okay, so we are, we're laying it all out there. This is our opportunity. We'd like to invite you to join with us. Those of you who called some of Park Church home for a long time, jump with us. Those of you who are new, jump with us. Step out in faith. Believe God for something great. He will honor you. Now, here, let me just tell you this. As you, get, as you can begin filling that out if you already know. As, as you are thinking about it, let me encourage you with something that was a reality for me while I was on staff at James River before we came here. I've been a part of three churches my whole life. The church I got saved in, James River Church, and this church. So I have very little church experience in terms of being a part of lots of different churches. But I was on staff at James River for 13 years, a part of the church for 17 years, 
and we had building projects all the time. And as a staff person, you had to participate. You were encouraged with motivation of future employment to participate, okay? So it's, no, it wasn't like that. Really, it wasn't. But, you know, it was, it was a great ride. Every time we got a chance to, to be a part of something, let's do this. Let's do this. Lots of building campaigns. They built uh, kids' spaces and West Campus and North Campus and the, and the uh, youth building and the campgrounds and Joplin and it's one right after another. I, I have enjoyed and am thankful for every campaign that I was able to be a part of, and here's why. I, I have a share in the souls that are being transformed in those buildings right now. I do. Every time they have an event, every time they have an altar call, every time they have a worship service, I have a share in that. I have a share in that. Every time they have someone out at the campground, every time someone's in that youth building, I literally helped raise the money for that youth building. I was a part of it. And it's still making a difference, and it will for generations to come. I get to be a part of it and you get to be a part of this. As you process your finances and your role in all this, let me encourage you, all right? Because you, as you give, I can promise you, you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. I look back on, now you will say, if, if you want to do this, you may sacrifice a little bit, and it will take a little bit of sacrifice. I gave up a few lattes during those campaigns. I'm gonna give up a few lattes in this campaign. Um, I'm, I'm gonna sacrifice but you will not go without because you cannot outgive God. Let me encourage you with Matthew chapter 19. Jesus is talking to this rich young ruler. We don't know this guy's name. We just know he was rich, he was young. And he had an opportunity. He came to Jesus, he's like, hey Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus is like, hey, just be perfect. He's like, good, I've done that. And Jesus is like, okay, I know that you haven't, but okay, now just, just sell everything then and come follow me. I don't know if Jesus really wanted him to sell everything. I think Jesus wanted him to see how attached he was to his stuff. And Jesus will always push on this with us. If you want to call him Lord, you have to say, like, you're Lord of everything. He always does. And it's the best thing that can happen for us. So he says, hey, why don't you sell everything? The guy's like, no, can't do it. And the Bible says he walks away sad. We don't know his name. All we know is that he walked away sad. Think about, he didn't even know how sad he was because think about what he missed out on. He could have followed Jesus. I don't know, maybe he could have been one of the disciples. Maybe he could have written a gospel of the Bible. Maybe we would know his name. Maybe we'd be reading his name every time we opened that book. But we don't even know his name because he missed out on the opportunity he had. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? That's what, that's what God is affording us right here. An opportunity to go all in and to make a difference, to make Jesus' name great. And, and the Bible promises this. Jesus himself promises this. When we do, when we partner with him, he, he, he will use that for the glory of God. And, and people who get to heaven... If, if people get saved because of what you give, a part of this, they get to heaven before you get there, they're going to welcome you. 
they're going to welcome you home. Watch this. Luke 16, 9. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. He's basically, make sure your money goes to helping people get to heaven. Because when they get there, they're gonna, somehow God's going to reveal it. And they're going to know, but you, did, you gave and I'm here because of you. Come here, give me a big hug. That's pretty cool. Let me just say this. I want you to jump in with this. I want you to jump in with this because this building is going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have church services are going to be off the chain. They're going to be amazing. It's just going to be awesome, amazing. We're going to see people saved. It's going to be great. It's going to be great for you. I encourage you, give because it will be great for you, for sure. But give bigger than that. Give because it's going to be great for them. We have a chance. We literally have an opportunity to partner with God to help people who are far from God find life in Christ. And it is going to be so much fun. So let's go on a journey, church. Let's go on a journey. Take that card if you would. Fill it out. Put put a number on it. If you're like, man, I'm just, we're not sure. We want to pray about it. That's okay. You can take it home. Pray about it. Bring it back next, next week. But if you know today, let's start. And if you want to, like, even, like, plant a seed offering today, like, you can give and partner with us on that. Like, let's go. Let's change the world. Let's see people who are far from God find life in Jesus Christ. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person in advance right now who is going to find Jesus because of this space. Lord, I just thank you for it. You already know. You already know. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak. I pray that you would change our hearts. Give us that perspective right now so that, God, we would give sacrificially, certainly for our kids, certainly for our grandkids, of course. But, God, bigger than that, help us to give so that the grandkids we don't even know, the kids we don't even know yet will find and follow Jesus. Help us to have that perspective, help have that heart, Lord God, so that people can experience all that you are and all that you have. Father, I just pray that you would do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just take a moment right there if you would, church. If you haven't filled out that card, fill out that card. Put your, put your amount on there. Again, that's over two years, end of 2023. And let's believe God to do something great. We're going to pass the buckets here in just a second. The worship team is going to lead us. Uh, but I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you at both locations. I want to say thank you online for your partnership with this, for the Forward campaign. God is going to use this to change people's lives, and I cannot wait to see it. It is, it is, going, to be, it is going to be really, really miraculous. So if you would, once you're ready, if you stand to your feet at both locations, and we're just going to take a moment. We're just going to make ourselves an offering to the Lord. Father, we thank you. As we get ready to take this step forward, Lord, we just worship you and we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you that you've led us to this place, that you've gone before us. We wanna see you do great things, Lord. Have your way. Have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our church. Have your way in this community. Father, we thank you. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. We'll pass the buckets, and as we do, let's worship at both locations.